You ever been to St. Augustine? I have. Really nice place. I love the old history of it. I don't know why. Something about that fort and being one of the first settlements. It's got a lot of cool stuff. But did you know that the surf fishing in that whole area is red hot? Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. And today, we are going to talk to one of the few people that I'm happy to recommend anytime somebody tells me they're going east, uh, east side of Florida from Jacksonville down there. Uh, I'm like, hey, call this guy. He's going to definitely get you put on the fish. So this week, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to BS Fishing Charters, a.k.a. Barry Kronberger. So hope you got your pad of paper ready because it's going to get real. Hope you're uh, Actually, I hope you're fishing and you're taking notes because this is going to help you. All right, I'm done. You listen to Find a Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. Yeah, buddy, new week. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. I really hope you're on the beach fishing out there enjoying it, not stuck in traffic or any of that other stuff. But I'm thankful that you're giving me the time today listen to this episode. There's going to be a ton of great knowledge in there. Uh, I have had the lucky opportunity to fish with Barry when he came over here, and I've hung out with him a little bit on the East Coast. I need to get out there and actually do a full day of just fishing with him. But the man has a ton of knowledge, and he has been happy to share it with anybody that's gone out fishing with him. He doesn't hide it. So if you're heading to that zone, he is definitely the guy to take a look at and uh, set up your day. Again, BS Fishing Charters. You can find him on Facebook on your social media platforms, and I'm sure he'll give us the other good stuff there. So without further ado, Barry, welcome to the show, man. What's going on, brother man? Fun and excitement all day. <laughs> every day, every day, man. Every Wish we were day. fishing. Yeah, I would take that any day of the week, especially over there. Uh, I heard you guys' uh, June grass is starting to come in. Yeah, man, it's starting to roll in down south, and um, you know, you with, it's just like you guys when those winds start picking up and we get that heat, man. It's it's summertime fishing. You know, fish sharks. <laughs> you guys and sharks, dude. It's like a shark. It, that was one of the few things that I really picked up and was like, "Ugh, God!" Was the the sharks swim stupid close out, out there? They're yeah, not. Man. They're not far at all. No, nah, I've had some some pretty crazy experiences on our on our surf fishing uh, during the mullet run and having you know ten, eleven foot threshers and knee deep water while you're throwing the net for mullet it gets a little hairy oh, i can imagine that damn tail too i mean the thresher's oh, got a man. serious whipper yeah man I, I i don't i think i walked on water that day <laughs> <laughs> oh man we caught redfish though it was it was a great day of fishing though so oh, yeah i mean I'm, before i even get into the questions i'm gonna ask you one right off the curveball because you opened up how yeah. does one catch mullet man we i throw cast nets i i started off throwing a little four foot net that I got from Walmart and through the years and fishing with certain people, you just throw different nets, get comfortable with it. And I got an eight foot net that my buddy put me on that he, uh, he has a, a net builder that cause he nets mullet a lot up in the uh, Delaware area and put me on this guy and he built me an eight foot net, man. And that thing comes with me to the beach no matter what. 
it's always on the beach with me. It's either in the truck or on the cart because you never know what's going to be around for bait. So you got to have that. Uh, you, not ninety percent of the time, I, I'm, I, that net's getting thrown because whether it be small whiting or or mullet, pinfish, croaker, there there's always some sort of bait flying around in that that zone. You're gonna have to find out that name. I'm gonna have to happily plug whoever that net builder is because I'm I'm still looking for one. I've I have a couple in the old eyeballs, but man, and then I didn't realize this. Nets are not cheap. No, man. No. I, luckily, like I said, I, I this my buddy Dan. Uh, Dan. Uh, he he's gotten quite a few from him. So I, I kind of got kind of got the hook up on it, you know. But it, it still, like you said, they are not cheap, man. Nets, especially if you get one built custom, like custom built, man, whew, you're talking some money. I wasn't ready for the bill. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't think any of us are ever ready for the bill when we re- officially get it on any gear we have at all. Yep. Oh, man. All right. So let's get into the actual questions here. But first, um, social media, how do people find you? Uh, right now, we're set up on Facebook, um, BS Fishing Charters on Facebook. Um LLC is actually out of the oldest city because St. Augustine is the oldest city in the country. Most people don't know that. Yes, it is. I didn't know that when I moved down here. You know, we, we never really learned that up in the, the North North folk history, believe it or not. <laughs> no, I believe it. Um, that, I didn't learn it when I was up there either. I learned it when nope. I moved here. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we're working on an Instagram profile right now as well to get that really rolling as well. Um but right now, everything's kind of geared off of uh, Facebook for the moment. Okay, cool. All right, so they find you on there from BS Fishing Charters. Got it. All right, yep. so what got you into fishing, and where did you start? Well, both my grandfathers were fishermen. My, my grand, one grandfather was a bass fisherman, was part of the, the whole bass. Um, I'm sure you've seen those stickers when you were up north with the, the – the, I can't even remember the name of the group anymore, Brad, but – it was just an old guys that loved the bass fish, man. And he, he took me out and I got into that. And then my other grandfather was a striper and a bluefish fisherman. And we fished off uh, Island Beach State Park, LBI. I was young then, but then a few years later, well, actually not a few, when I got a little older, I, my buddy Dan, again, great, great friend of mine, great fisherman, he, he, I, I bugged him for years to take me out fishing with him. And he said, listen, man, we're going to go out Thanksgiving morning be at my house at four o'clock and we're going to see if you can handle it well i showed up at four o'clock and dance left till six <laughs> and i i waited man i wasn't I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity and we went out to island beach state park out in new jersey we were throwing medals um ava 47s with um sand sand eel flies man and for teasers and we were on rat rat stripers and gator blues all day I mean, we didn't throw any bait. It was just all top order metals. It's all we threw. And I went out and bought a cheap pair of waders from Walmart because I needed waders. And I was walking out in these neoprene waders with the booties on. Man, it was a mess. But I fished. I fished the whole day with him, and he was impressed. And that's really where it just took off for me, man. I got into it and chased my buddy Dan around. Anytime he was going fishing, man, I got the invite, and I just started soaking up the knowledge of anything he would feed me so that's really really just it just took off from there and here i am now oh northeast fishing that's a whole monster in itself man 
Yeah, 40, you know, fishing out there in the fall and in, in, in that brisk, brisk fall and brisk, brisk spring airs for, for rockfish, man, it takes a lot, you know. A lot of guys up there, very good fishermen up there. They're, they're migratory fish, and you got to learn how to read them just like we read Pompano on this side of the coast. I mean, you know, when we're following that school from all the way down to Melbourne, Cocoa, all the way up to the Carolinas, so we're, we're the same thing with stripers, tracking them basically from Virginia all the way up through past Jersey. You yeah. know, we just follow the schools. I wish Wait, we that's got a, that's a beast. Yeah, I wish we got striper down here. <laughs> well, we get the hybrids in Jacksonville. Oh, do you? They, yeah, we get them under the bridges, man. They you get some big guys out of there. Not not north striper, but they'll get some twenty pounders from what I'm told. That most of the guys get them off the boat because again, you're fishing under the bridges. But they do get them here. Huh. I mean, they're not they're not the Atlantic striped bass, so they're just they're hybrids, but. They, they they still got that same fight from what I'm told. Huh. Well, I guess we'll have to find we're gonna have to find a friend in Jacksonville with a boat. I think we could. <laughs> I, I'm sure we could pull some strings. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it, it's one of the funny parts too when you start talking about northeast uh, up in the New England area and just the northeast coast in general. Hell, I mean Virginia too. We, we talk about our bluefish and we're like, man, these are great bluefish, and they look at us like, um, oh, that's a baby, dude. Yeah. Throw it back. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we're getting those, you know. 15 20 pounders off the beach consistently and down here when the guys get you know a nice six well you know we get a, a a four or five pound bluefish we're excited yeah yeah and we're like man that's a nice blue and in my like my head i'm like man that's a baby that's bait <laughs> we're throwing bait. those for stripers up north you know and yep. it, it's just a different ball game it's just you know it, it's it's a different different animal yeah. completely it's a Oh man, yeah, I I need to go back to the Northeast and go fishing because I, I haven't done it since I was a kid. And nowadays, with everything I've learned, I'm like, all right, it's time to get back up there and get after it from the beach, you know. So yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll just have to go. Hey man, uh, you tell me when, brother. I got <laughs> I still got people in Delaware. I, it's my buddy Dan, he, he's he's offered many a times for us for me to come back up. Um, they they in Assateague and right off uh. In Virginia, man, they had a, a, a heck of a run for bull reds and big, 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 big uglies, you know, pushing 50, 60 pounds in the spring this year. They had a, a heck of a run. No kidding. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of those things that people don't talk about because, you know, you know as well as I do when people get on fish, they get very hush-hush. <laughs> That's when you know and, people are on fish is when social media is quiet. Very, very. That's what you're like, man. I guess nobody's doing the 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 newer anglers. Like, man, I guess no one's really doing anything. that's not worth it. No, that's because everybody's on fish at that point. They're not telling you why or what they're doing. Exactly. What uh, me and you were trying to change that game. I think, buddy, we got a lot of people like that now that are trying to change the game up and put people on fish. Yeah, I mean, that's because I love I love watching people catch fish, man. It, it's it's a highlight for me. Like definitely explains why you like chartering yeah yeah i mean that's <laughs> seeing somebody catch a pompano for the first time or an, a red or you know stuff that they're not used to see especially when you get the people from the midwest or you know in in the center of the country that aren't used to surf fishing for once that, yeah. that's a whole nother animal in itself yeah absolutely it is it's ah nothing better no so what brought you to saint augustine 
Well, actually, uh, we started off, me and my wife, before we got married, we're, we vacationed in Fort Lauderdale every year right before the spring break. Then we just came down for a week, just me and her, and stayed in Fort Lauderdale. And the, the one year I looked at her and I was like, why don't we just move down here? And she said, absolutely, let's do it. And I kid you not, that was probably March, beginning of March. And then that November, there was a job posting for the company I work for, for a position in Jacksonville. And I was like, well, that's our card. That's our, that's our sign. And we took it and ran with it. I came down here. I started down in Jacksonville in January, moved to Jacksonville originally in January. And my wife was still up in, in New Jersey. We got married in May. She came down here and we lived in Jacks for three years and we were having our, our son and I said, you know, I want to be closer to the beach. And, and anybody that's from the north knows it's, it's, it's tough living up there if you live up near a beach and don't make good money. Yeah. So I, I really, really had the opportunity and um, had some financial uh, gains at that point. It made it easy for us to be able to be close to the beach. And we bought a house in St. Augustine and I ain't never looked back. I love it here. I, I, my buddies ask me all the time if I want to come back up there, and I absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd love to come that, back up there to visit you. To visit, yeah. <laughs> in, in the spring and the fall when there's no snow, yeah. Yeah, my aunt, yeah, of, my aunt like, reminds my aunt, and my grandmother remind me several times. When are you going to come back home? I mean, I'm home down here. It's it's yeah, it this, doesn't snow here. Yeah, this is this is my home now. Uh, I. I I, I don't miss it. I, I mean, I miss the people. I don't miss the, the culture is different down here. It's, it's, it's just a different way of life. And man, I, I, I just have no desire to go back to that. No, I get that completely. Absolutely. hundred percent. understand. All right. So now we got down to St. Augustine from up there. You've got, you fell in love with fishing, obviously, but when you were a kid and it just got better as you got down here. So now that you've yeah. moved in, you're all set up, you've started doing these. How do you plan a day of fishing? Well, I'll tell you, Brian, it took me a long time to get our our, industry, our, our fishery down here dialed in. Because as you know, coming from the north, it's it's a different fishery. I, I, I up north, always fished high tides. For last two of the out, or the outgoing, and, or last two of the outgoing and the first two, or sorry, last two of the incoming and last, or first two of the outgoing. That was our tides to fish. We always fished it. Here, St. Augustine, especially, you got to be a low tide fisherman. They hit those back bars, so it, it's definitely a different game and angle on this down here. But if I'm setting up for my day, man, and I'm planning a day, first thing I'm doing is looking at weather, tides, water condition is is huge, which plays into your weather and your wind, and uh, trying to plan out, you know, what I'm going to be targeting. If I'm going to target Pompano, I kind of know where I'm going to go. If I'm targeting black drum or, or redfish I, I have an idea where i want to go for that so it depends what i'm targeting that day you know and it, sharks we all know they're they're everywhere they don't especially on this coast they, they're everywhere um so that that's usually my first couple steps is i'm checking out weather the tides wind water conditions wave height is huge over here i mean we fished that tournament with you guys and everybody said it was 
dirty water, and I was thought that was the cleanest water I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Yeah. And you laughed at me just like that when I said it. I was yeah. like, this is absurd. And I understand um, it completely after fishing. I mean, yeah. fishing with you guys a few times. I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that plays a huge factor in everything I'm doing. Um, it also depends what beach I'm going to hit. If I'm going to hit further up north with a, or, or maybe a little further south with a high-impact beach, then I know I can fish the high tide. So that it just, uh, it's, it, it's all about planning my day out and what I'm targeting. So... Okay. Are you using any apps or anything, or are you just internet searching? Yeah, I, uh, I use a uh, Magic Seaweed. I use Weather Channel, obviously, because you got to have a baseline. Um, and you put me on Windy, I, I believe is the name of it, right? Yeah. Yep, and then I use Tides Near Me, Fishing Points. I, I, I kind of take info from all of them to get a general idea of what I'm looking at. Um, magic seaweed to me is great because it gives you wind direction, gives you wave height, gives you most of the time you can find most of your cam, your cameras for the beach there too. So it gives you a lot of angles on that as well. So you can search different beaches to see if you got better water clarity somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stuff makes, I mean, it makes a huge difference. It really it does. does between a good day and a killer day. Yes. Or a catfish day. Oh yeah, catfish. Yeah, yeah. They 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 make the skunk go away at least. Yes, <laughs> but after it's it's uh, one of those. All right, let's go move. It's time to move. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is something that somebody asked me, and I said, I don't know. I have to look it up. And then I looked it up, and I finally have the answer. What is what does it mean when you start talking about a high impact beach? What does that mean? So high impact beaches, like for me, is like Varn Park. And, and, and when you you fished a little bit with Chip over there by Varn Park and Marineland, yeah. Marineland is not as high impact as say Varn Park. Varn Park's got a deep trough, kind of like you guys got, and it it's it doesn't lose a lot of water on the tides, so it's constantly changing, and you got deep troughs and deep holes in between both bars. Low impact beaches, kind of like Marine Land and St. Augustine, where it's you can walk almost knee deep for a hundred yards sometimes, depending on the day and tides and moon and all that. You can be knee deep for a hundred yards on, on a high on a on a high tide. Low tide, obviously, because you're getting further out and you're closer to the step back bar, so you get deeper water there, and that's usually when I fish for my pompano. Um, but those high-impact beaches, man, they, they can be really productive because they get so many nutrients turned up inside of them. With the fleas getting tossed around, the coquina clam, it's just can be uh, very productive on the high impact. Yeah. It's really impressive how the differences of your all's beaches there, I mean, you're talking just a few miles. You could change everything by just going a couple miles north or south. Yep. And it's, they're both, I mean, it's all great. It just depends on what you're playing with for the day. Yep, yep. And again, that comes into tides too. You know, you guys, one tide a day blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, you guys were like, what do you mean you only got one? Like, we only have one. It doesn't move. It doesn't matter when you fish it. And I'm like, huh? Me, I'm like, man, I know that if I got a high tide at 8 a.m., I want to be set up there by 5.36 a.m. to fish both sides of the flip. You know, and you guys were like, yeah, man, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, Woo, wow. Blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're lying. Well, I mean, kind of, but not really. It's It can be a little bit useful. I mean, 
that's just funky for us. We, we do look for movement, but you know, it's definitely not the game you guys play at all. Yeah, and, and and you realize that too when you guys came. I think yeah. Blaine also with with how much water we lose on those low impact beaches and how much we move spikes up and down the beach all day. Yeah, because I mean, people get a little upset when you walk to the waterline and then walk 120. 200 yards back to your sand spikes back where they were at high tide they they don't they yep. don't take too kind to that no uh, not at all <laughs> yeah that was that was fun that was fun all right yeah. so we we've set up so you got the beach there what are you looking for now how do you oh i, I left a question out here okay so when you get to the beach you've already made your plan what are you looking for to set up your lines me i always look for something different so, like St. Augustine Beach, if, if, you, if you ever had the chance to look at St. Augustine Beach, you can look down that beach, and it looks the same for miles. And it, it, there's not a lot of difference on St. Augustine Beach, but if you see a difference where there's waves that aren't breaking, you got some white water, or, or, or you got a hole there that you know that you've fished before, and you know holes shift all the time, but you know the general area. I'm looking for a difference in water. If I see something that looks completely different than everything else, especially on our beach here, that's where I'm fishing. Because I know that there's going to be either a through there, a cut, a run out, a break in the bar, something that's making that water look different that's drawing my attention. It's going to draw, draw fish attention too, obviously. And then the other thing I always look for is birds, man. If there's birds, there's bait. If there's bait, there's fish. I mean, again, it depends what we're targeting. But days when I'm going out there, if I'm not pompano fishing, I'm out there all around fishing. So I'm fishing for everything. But, yeah, that, that's – I'm always looking for differences in water. And like when, when you guys – I found that I, – I don't remember the ramp or the entrance number, but I found that, that huge cut up by you guys that nobody else was fishing. And I was like, man, that's a huge cut. There's a break in the bar, and nobody else. There's tons of fishermen around me, but nobody was fishing that spot. And man, it, it produced for us out, produced for us out there. So that was a plus. Um, but that, like I said, that's that's usually the first thing I'm looking for is that that difference in, in the water. I just want to see something different. I think a lot of people overlook the bird situation there, as how advantageous birds can be. But on the same one, you saw it here, you know, that you had that one shot with the birds there, but it, it wasn't like a constant blow up. You, you didn't right. see them as, I mean, I don't see them as busy as I see them in Jack's or um, all through the East Coast side. Like, I'm, you guys have more birds prevalent, in my opinion. But that piece is a huge advantage. Like, oh, there's something there. Or the birds yeah. are 200 yards off, and it's like, yeah, I ain't reaching that. <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, sometimes it pays to chase those birds, man. Sometimes they're going to push that bait inside, or the bait might get pushed in with, with maybe a sandbar that's pushing the bait in closer. gives you the advantage of maybe having a shot at them if they come in close enough. Yeah. So, and, and I've fished a lot of Carolina, uh, Outer Banks, um, Ocracoke Island, I mean, and we've chased birds up and down those beaches and caught many a fish just chasing birds. Because most of the time when you see the birds, especially 
Carolina fishing, I see it more prevalent up there. When we were Carolina fishing for the Reds, you could see the schools of puppy drum. School, like, I don't, I mean, black blobs just moving down the beach and the birds on top of them. And you, you're throwing, you know, metal or whatever you got at them and pulling puppy drum one after another just because you're following the birds. Chase them down the inlet, we get a false albacore out of the inlet. You know, five pound, six pound false albacore out of the inlet on the beach. Nice. That, that's that, that's a blast. I mean, that's and that's all just from chasing birds, man. It's and and a lot of people overlook that. You're right, they do, because those birds are doing something and they're doing it for a reason. They're 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 not always stupid. Yeah, yeah. They're not all Freds. Yeah, yeah. You guys <laughs> got a lot of Freds. We do have a lot of Fred, but yeah, sometimes Fred can be a fun little advantage. Yep. Well, speaking of Fred, I mean, it's the perfect time. Bay check time. Yeah, buddy. It's time to bring that line back in. Double check it. Make sure it is good to go. Hopefully, you've already pulled in a bunch of fish and you've been pausing this podcast as you've been going back and forth. I mean, that's what I really hope. This bait check is brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Go to thesinkerguy.com. Take a look at all the things you need for sinkers and terminal tackle. He's got a bunch of things in there for you to take a look at. Real useful, awesome shop. One of my favorites, and I only use his Sputnik sinkers. I've loved them. I can't go right. You can't go wrong with them. So head over to sinkerguy.com. Get yourself a good order. So with that, all right, so we got the setup there. So you you know your spot. You're ready to go. Liking this now. How do you set your gear up? And what I mean by that is, how do you stage it on the beach? So, I, I, I've listened to a lot of you. I listen to almost all your podcasts, Brian. And you hear everybody different different ways they do it. Yep. Carolina guys, Jersey guys, we stack. I mean, we're talking a couple feet within within each spike, if not less. Um, here, if it, depending what I'm what I'm targeting, again. I'm targeting big game fish, tar- shark, tarpon, big reds. I might only throw two rods out and keep a good distance because, especially tar- tarpon or sharks, they're they're going to make a run, I, and I want that space in between to be able to maneuver around rods. If I'm pompano fishing, I'm going to run four rods, probably seven to ten yards apart, and then I'm covering different zones with each, each cast until we dial in the fish. So you bring up a great point with the northeast fishing when you're talking about stacking because you i think you're tighter up there than you are down in florida absolutely i mean we're talking two feet two three feet yeah and the angle is a little bit i mean you're uh, you're obviously you know you're you're trying to keep everything straight but you got a little bit of deviation but not much yeah 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 and you you don't have much um give when you're at a point or the the bite is blown up um and I think I think the the ninja guys tackled that a lot, and so did Deerfield. Um, I mean, it, it's a Congo line, and it's, it gets like that up in Jersey when the striper run goes off. Um, you know, and if those a lot of those guys out there are pretty pretty ruthless when it comes to it, because a lot of them throw mono, and I'm a braid guy. I love throwing braid, um, and it's very frowned upon up there when you get in those Congo lines, mm-hmm. but. I like to have space in between because especially in our fishery down here, you never really know what you're going to catch. I mean, you could be thrown for Pompano and get a 20 pound black drum. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got a, my good buddy, Dustin Berg and his son, Colin, 
they went out in the northeast blow throwing pompano rigs and whiting rigs and landed a 20 25 pound black drum yeah in, in in probably the worst conditions that you can get here and they 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 got you know so you never really know and you got to have that room to be able to maneuver around that was the part that threw me the biggest with the Congo line is, you know, the fish, you, you throw it out there and you, you're going to catch the fish. The fish isn't going to give you a nor, you know a straight shot back in. It's going to run nope. left to right. You have yep. to walk. And it's like, hey, sorry, excuse me, pardon me, yep. excuse me, that, thank you. Yep, up, down, up, down, over, under, over, under, up, down, up, down, yep. <laughs> the old Contra cheat what? code. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and honestly, though, Brian, usually when one goes off up there, when that bite goes off. Yeah. It, it's it's multiple man it's not just one rod usually you got because they're schooling it's they're migratory fish they're breeding and when they're coming out of those inlets like that up there man it, it's it's full-blown i mean that you're usually got on a good day you're gonna have you know five or ten hookups all at once on, on on big reds or you know whatever you're fishing at that point and uh it gets chaotic man it gets chaotic and, and most of the time that's why those guys run a lot of mono because you got the stretch. You don't have the abrasion as much as you do with a braid. So it gives you a little bit more leeway when you're fighting those big fish. Yeah. Makes sense. It's another... I don't miss the Congo line. Oh, I get him at. I don't want to fish a Congo line. I know I'm going to have to one day, but I'm just, I'm not looking forward to it. It's like I've told friends, <laughs> I'm not a peer guy for that reason. I, I don't, I don't want to be, I, I just, it's right. not my thing. I don't want to be close to people like that. I don't want to right. have the conversation. Look, I'm just here to fish, relax, enjoy myself. I'm not here to play. All right, who got the bigger fish? No, I'm good. Right. Right. And there, there's a lot of that. Um, a lot of that's up there in the Northeast. Like I said, it's gotten a lot better because we got a lot of the newer generations coming in and, and, and everybody's kind of teaching each other now um, and trying to teach people how to do it the right way and what they're doing and, putting people on fish so it kind of benefits now i think the the generations that are coming in now to fish yeah i totally agree with that all right so now that we've talked about the setup what gear do you use and what i mean by that is rigs what kind of bait do you like to throw um, what kind of sinkers are you throwing uh well we'll start off with sinkers because well i can never talk enough about ship and the sinker <laughs> yep. uh when i moved down here i i, I came again come from the north throwing frogs tongues storm sinkers throwing eight and bait all day long and come down here and I'm throwing eight and bait and watching my, my ledges roll down the beach. And then somebody's like, man, you guys tried these sinkers, these, these Sputnik sinkers. And I was like, Sputniks man. And up North you use Sputniks. They, you're a Guggen. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't <laughs> use Guggen. Sputniks up North, man. <laughs> Love that it's word. frowned upon. And, uh, I was like, no, nah, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. And then, I ended up picking up a couple, man, and Chip showed me the way, and me and him have gotten a great relationship, and, man, I, I, that's all I throw anymore. I don't throw anything else. Yep. I might throw, throw a, a, small, a small piece of lead if I'm throwing in the first trough or first hole, so it got some movement in there, but 90% of the time, it's all sinker guy lead, uh, Sputniks. And then, you know, I'm, I'm always throwing high-low rigs, pompano rigs, uh, double dropper looper eggs, whatever you know, whatever you guys prefer to call them. Yeah. Um, it, because again, you never know what's out there, and and for one, if you can't throw the net at bait, well, let's try to catch some bait. I'm gonna, I'll, you know, if if the bite's slow, I'm gonna throw out a chunk and try to get a nice shark run or a tarpon or a nice red. So I'm gonna throw, always throw a, a high low rig out. That's 
inevitable. Um, I throw a modified Carolina rig with a with a, a fish finder set up on it, so the lead has is free 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 spooling, I guess you could say, um, for the, my big game rigs. But that's I mean most of the time that's what we're throwing on on my side, and I always have one rig or one rod uh, dedicated to throwing top water metal plugs, jig heads, something just to give. Especially again when the birds come through, you want to have that advantage. Right, um, the fish is fish is going to chase. I mean, yeah, not everything's right. going to want to look at your set rig and be like, "Oh, why that looks delicious, sir! Thank right. you so much." You know, right, they, they right. want to go after that sparkly shiny. Yes, yes, and and for bait wise, I, I bring the gauntlet, man. I I bring a little bit of everything. I I got fresh dead shrimp. I'll bring fresh live shrimp. Um, clams, crab, fiddler crabs. A lot of people don't 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 do it, but I bring fiddlers to the beach because, well, Pompano. If there's no fleas around, they're still eating crustaceans. They're still eating crabs. They're still eating clams. Why not throw fiddlers at it? And it works. I've caught many limits on fiddler crabs and it blows people's mind. But it's what they eat. It's part of their diet. And fish bites, man. I I can't talk enough. Uh, we could. Can never talk enough about fish bites. Those those things are one of the best best baits on the market. I mean, you can fish with that just by itself. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing though, bringing the gauntlet, different colors, different scents. Because again, you don't know what they're eating that day, so you want to be able to cover all your bases when you're out there. Yeah, yeah. The myriad's important. It's extreme. It's you no, know, I don't think anyone can stress that enough. Please bring the enough of everything. You got plenty to yeah. use. Yeah, I mean, they one day you can go out there, they're hitting on shrimp, and the next day you go out and they're not going to touch the shrimp. Oh, yeah, I hate those and days. And they only want fleas. I, and, and then the next day they'll be on clam, and you're like, man, what do you what do? You do? Like, you, you, you got the only way to know is to bring the bait to try it. So that's why I just, I bring I bring a little bit of everything. And like I said, most of the time I'm out on there trying to the, throw the cast net, I'm raking for fleas doing different things to also match the hatch on what's there right there at that time. Yep. Match the hatch. Love that term because it's true. <laughs> yeah, man. So you're at the beach. You're all set up there. You got all your stuff together. Now, where are you casting your lines? With the four rods spread, and, and again, it depends what I'm fishing for. If I'm pompano fishing and whiting fishing, I'm going to have one in that first first hole, first trough. In the first, in between the first bar and the break, I'm going to put one on the bar. I'm going to put one in front of the second bar, and I'm going to put one beyond the second bar. And again, this all depends if I got a cut. If there's a cut, I'm going to be fishing around that cut in those different zones, but in the same casting distance. I, I Noel Kuhn said it on one of his seminars, man. The our beaches are like highways. So that front trough is like driving US one over here. It's slow. You know, it's there's fish there, but it's a slow way to get there. And then that next one's A one A. It's a little bit faster. But that back bar, that that second back bar, that's ninety five, man. That's the one way shot. That's where the speed is. So I like to cover all the zones, man. It's just cause and again, once you get dialed in, that's when you start moving stuff around and you might get down to two rods because the fishing's so hot. You might get down to one or you can't even keep up. Um, but it's nice to be able to cover different zones and cast into different areas and being able to move 
um, left or right if you need to because you got the space in between the rods. So you can always move to the other side if you see that zone's a little more um, productive compared to the other side of the bar. Nice. Yeah. That's zone fishing is so key. It, it really is. Yeah. A lot of guys overlook that though. It, it, it's something they miss because a lot of guys, a lot of people don't know how to read a beach. They don't know what they're looking for. And, and I, I learned a lot of that again from my buddy, Dan chip was a huge help for that with his YouTube and being able to fish with him. Um, especially here in Florida. Cause again, it's much different. And, and, and Spencer's another one from broken reel. These are all guys that just, you know, will are willing to share the info. So that's how I learned. I just kept going out there. The more time I put in, the better I got reading the beach. And, um, many a days I've watched guys fish 20 yards down the beach for me and not do anything. And here you are, here I am in a nice cut and we're catching fish all day long. Spen- you, you wave them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is that. Spencer's a walking encyclopedia. I love talking with that dude. Yeah, Spencer's got a, a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was a fun episode to talk about. Uh, so the funny thing you bring up, too, is the, the reading of the beach. You know, I really figured, oh, okay, cool. You know, I learned it really easy here. I'm, I'm good to go. And then when I went to Jack's for the first time I fished with Chip, the water was, you know, your standard Atlantic color. And I'm like... It was barely wave waves were barely moving, just enough to you know Chip yep. could tell me where to throw. But he's like, "Yeah, don't yep. you see it?" I'm like, "I don't see anything, dude." So I'm like, "I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gorilla chucking bait, I'm just launching it fully out there." And Chip goes, "Dude, you're going too far. They're 20 feet in front of you." Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. And it's like, "Well, how how in the world <laughs> is that happening?" And then, you know, and finally he really explained it to me. He's like, all right, you see how the water's rising? I'm like, yeah, I see it. He's like, okay, cool. That's where the bar is. He's like, you now plan it. And I was like, oh. And then when the next time I came back out, um, I didn't fish with you guys. I went down to, where the hell did I go? I was down at Canaveral. Okay. Um, Yeah. Oh, for Roy's tournament. No, no, that was just, I went to go visit my mom and I brought my gear. I'm like, I'm going fishing. So I went right off off the Air Force Base down there. And uh, I'm looking at the water, and I'm watching these guys casting. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to walk away, you know, get away from them. And I think I was, I don't know, 300 yards to the south. Found a nice rip, found found the waves breaking. I was like, yeah, this, this is my hole. Start throwing, looking at them, looking at my lines. My lines are going off. And then probably, I don't know, 30 minutes later, I'm seeing them just staring at me like, what the hell are you doing? Finally, one came down. I was yep. like, what are you using? I'm like, oh, I don't know, fish bites. Probably some, you know, probably uh, crab knuckles was what I primarily went with. Um, yeah. And the guy's like, where are you throwing it? Like, right there. And, you know, pulling in, whiting, you know, foot long, 12 inches, easy all day, pulling in all these other fish, just getting after it. Finally, you know, the guy goes back and I see him start going. I was like, man, that lesson paid off. <laughs> now I can see yeah. it. And now it's, uh, I've had to use it here back in, uh, in our area, even with the clean water. It's like, huh, where is it? Because, you know, the, the differential yep. in the bar. It looks one way, but in reality, you know, you can't judge the exact distance from the shore. You got to play it. Oh yeah. So your, your guys' second bar, man. I, I thought we passed <laughs> far, and then I cast yours, and I was like, I think I made it over it. I don't know if Matt's on the backside of it, but I made it over that thing. <laughs> yeah. Especially for, further east, um, where we were staying at, man. That that second bar, and then I'm of course I'm fishing with Chip 
and and Mark Burford, and and man, watching these guys, I'm like, I have so much still to learn about casting. Just watching these guys heave metal, like these guys are 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 throwing lead, and I I look like a peon sometimes compared to them. Oh, dude, I feel you every time I watch them. I'm like, okay, fine. We we're, we want to play who can throw it the furthest for today, huh? <laughs> yep. Jerks. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh. But sometimes it doesn't matter, though, man. You don't always need that long cast to get on fish. And if you if you're if you're reading the water properly and you you know your zones, then you should be able to find fish without having to push that far. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's move into that. Now that you you brought up some good stuff here, um, what got you into guiding? Well, man, I wanted to teach people to fish. I, I wanted to show people that there's fish right here at your feet. 10, 10 feet in front of you, there's fish. And, and most people don't realize it, especially people that are not used to living near an ocean. Even even people that have lived here their whole life don't even realize sometimes that there's this many kind of fish and variety of fish in the ocean right here right here in front of them. Um, and it kind of renewed my passion when I started showing my... When I moved down here, I had a bunch of buddies that wanted to learn to fish and never surf fished. And I taught these guys, man, and they took it and ran with it. So my buddy Sean is probably, it, it, I would say he's my second second hand, you know what I mean? Like, I, I taught him everything I know. And I, I always constantly keep learning. You know that as well as I do. There's always new things coming out, new ways to do things. And we're always learning and changing. Um, but I wanted to be able to show people this and teach people this um, and take anglers up to their next level and and. and just really put people on excel them in, in, in that level. But for me, kids, man, I love taking kids out fishing. I know a lot of guides don't like doing it, but I, I, I love doing it. I love seeing kids light up when they get on that fish, man. And it doesn't matter what kind of fish you put a kid on. They're just excited to catch fish. They're, they're excited for the tug, man. And, and Elon, uh, Adam and Janine from Janung's fish camp, I, I took him out and put him on his first pompano, man, and watching that kid light up like a Christmas tree when he put that fish on the beach, that, that I mean, it, there's there's no better feeling. And and I've, I've done it done it with Brett's nephews too. We, I went out with Brett uh, Burford or from Fish Bites, Fish Bites Brett, and we went out with his nephews. His nephew caught uh, a 19 inch pompano. Damn. I mean, fish of a lifetime, man. It was huge. And, he fought it right. We walked him through it, talked him through it, and being able to be a part of that and seeing the excitement on his – I mean, he, he caught a bigger pompano than me and Brett have ever caught. You know, that kid's got a fish of a lifetime right there, and, and he's going to remember that forever. Hell, yeah. And I was a part of that, man. It's just that that's what really drives me. I love taking the younger generation out there. I do because that, that, that's just a whole nother level yeah. of them. And that's our next generation of fishermen. These are the ki- these are the generation that's going to keep going and keep doing this when when we're too old and frail to be able to do this and they're going to teach the next generation and and we need that because I mean when I got down to Florida there wasn't a, I feel like the surf presence wasn't as big as it is now as it is especially compared to up north um, and it's growing and it's constantly growing and that's huge because again it's that I think it's that the generation starting to understand that they can do this from the beach they don't need a boat you don't need a a, a, 
a kayak or any of that. You can fish from the beach with a uh, a fairly cheap setup just to get started and, and catch fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and it's glorious as much as I you know I can, we can all gush hey. about the beach. <laughs> but dude, like like your daughter when you when I mean. Listen, she's got two back-to-back tournament wins or placements, dude. That's <laughs> yeah, huge. That poor girl. <laughs> and seeing and seeing her light up, man, when she goes up on there because she's got those fish. It's that's. I mean, you. I know you feel it. I get excited for you guys. I know you. You got to be tenfold from what I feel about it. You know. Oh, I'm definitely always jazzed. She's like, oh, I, I won. Like, yes, you did. Yeah. I, and after a reminder every time, you know, she's like, well. I did this. I'm like, yes, you did it. The only thing you didn't do was cast it. You did everything else. It's fine. You won. You did yep. fine. Yep. Yeah, that's, it's been, yeah, I, I love fishing with her when she lets me take yeah. her. Lately, it's like, come on, dude, just come out and fish with me. Well, Roblox will be there when we get home, I promise. <laughs> 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 oh, this kid. Uh, so what has been the most challenging part of running a charter? Weather, man. Oh, yeah. Weather for us, because it's so temperamental. One, one, you get a wind shift, it, it can shut you down for days. You know, it, it, I feel, and I noticed it up there with you guys too. Your guys' water can turn clean. Well, you're clean in, in, <laughs> in, in, in overnight. Yeah. And I'm like, here, man, we wait for days for that water to clean up. Days. Sometimes it could take you know a week, depending on the the wind conditions, the moon, and and weather. Just can can make or break for a great charter. Um, and I'm one of those guys. I'm not going to take you out if I can't put you on fish. I know it's fishing, and and you know it's not catching, it's fishing. But I want to put people on quality fish, fish they're going to remember, fish that are going to you know mean something. I mean if it's a nice you know, four or five pound jack off the beach or, you know, that's something you're going to remember compared to catching catfish all day. So that that's for me is always the most challenging part is, is weather because it's like, it's just so temperamental here. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I've, you saw it. I mean, we were like, Oh crap, we need the wind to shift. And when we did the water completely changed. Yep. Yeah, so I, I get that completely. Okay. And that's overnight for you guys, though. For yeah. us, it takes a few days for that to clean up. Especially if we got a sustained wind for a few days and that water gets dirty for the dirt lines out there, it will take two, three days to clean that water up if we don't get a nice wind shift with a nice blow with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. And it can make and break a charter, you know, and but I, I will say this, there's been days that, you know, you go out in those conditions because the water might look dirty, and but the conditions just feel right. Like, you can just look at that and be like, there's going to be fish here. Like, yeah, we're going to catch some junk fish, but there's going to be fish here. And it's happened. I've, I've taken a couple charters out, and the water's dirty, and I, I always pre-fish before a charter because I want to be on fish. I want to bring you out there and put you on fish. So I always pre-fish the day before and try to get dialed in on a few different spots. So that way, if we got to move, we got other places to go. And I took a, a, a dad out. He brought his son, wanted to go on spring break to Florida. And he brought 12 of his friends, all adolescent teenagers getting ready to dra- graduate high school. 
So there was 15 people total. And luckily, I, Brett, Fish Bites Brett came out and helped me out with that too. We, we had these kids on fish most of the day. Caught pompano, whiting, uh, four or five pound jacks, double header ladyfish. And the catfish bite just wasn't there. But the water, it, it was like a, a four out of ten. Like it wasn't, it wasn't good water clarity, but the fish were there. So it's, but I, I knew that because I also pre-fished the day before, which kind of gave me the gear to know that. Because I, I told my, 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 uh, my guy that I was taking out, I said, man, the water's not looking great. I said, but there is fish here, but it's going to be, you know, slim picking. But it actually turned out to be a really great day. Nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> That's like extra advantage of happiness. That's sweet. Yeah, man. Because, and, and, and you know, adolescent teens, I mean, I remember my at that age, they all hung up, they all hung out, man, until the rod went off. They didn't want to do anything else except real fishing. And I said, hey, man, if that's what you guys want to do, that's what we'll do. And they didn't really, they weren't really concerned about learning it. They just wanted to catch fish. So that's what we did. <laughs> Fine, we'll just go catch fish. Fine. Fine. Yep. <laughs> well, talking about catching fish is making me want to do this. It is your 50-minute bait check. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's been 50 minutes. It is time to get that second bait check done. Go reel that line in. Make sure you got the good bait. Hopefully you've had bites. If you haven't, you might want to switch up your bait. Use something different. Get another thing going out there. If that's the worst case, if you have to, move. Put this on pause or, you know, listen to it as you're walking. That works, too. It'll help pass the time. It'll make it better. This bait check has been brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Go over to NinjaTackleVA.com. Take a look at all the crazy amount of things that they have in there. Rods, reels, rigs, bait. They've got it all in there. Uh, you can take a look at the brand new Ninja Tackle uh, Ninja Dagger 7-foot, the 8.34, 8.5-footer. I can't remember exactly. I don't have one yet. I will get one eventually. And the good old all the other dagger series, I fish with them. I love my daggers. I love my 12-foot daggers. They've been wonderful. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, contact me. But take a look if you want to reach out to them. NinjaTackleV8.com. And uh, that's awesome. So Thank you, Ninja Tackle. Love you guys. All right. So has They're Doc great guys, man. Yeah. yeah he's, they, they really are. He's fun. I, yeah. I really like Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was a blast to hang out with during that tournament, during Blaine's tournament. Yeah. Have you seen his mohawk or his, his uh, fish I hawk? Have. It looks glorious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's getting, it's getting pretty. I saw, I guess he was out yesterday. Yeah. Got a nice, or last night, got a nice red trout last night on that new ninja rod. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. That new one. I've, I'll talk to you offline about it, but I've had a lot of fun with that new seven footer. I didn't expect to, yeah. but damn, I have had some fun with that rod. Um, so has guiding made you a better angler? Absolutely. Um, it's broadened my horizons on targeting more variety of fish, too. Um, I, I was always up north. We fish for, in Jersey especially, we fish for whiting, bluefish, and, and, and striper. And occasionally black drum when the mig migration came through. And then when I came down here and started guiding and having to put people on fish you know you 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 learn more because you want to be productive you always want to be productive um i started keeping log books keeping track of weather temps wind directions 
baits we were using, which were, which, what better, you know, what was more uh, productive that day on the fish bites, on the keller and the scent. I, I mean, I have books and books and books filled up with logs now that I, I look through, you know, every couple of weeks I'll look through and see what's going on. But if I didn't start doing this and wanting to be productive and, and showing people the how to fish and catch fish and how to read the beach, and you know, I don't think I would be as good of an angler as I am now. <laughs> yeah, you're a pretty damn good angler. <laughs> so... <laughs> ah, I, I, listen, there, there, there's a lot better than me, and I still got a lot to learn myself. I, I, a good example is Chip. Chip I, I've asked Chip to fish together for years, 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 and years, and Chip I guess I finally pr proved myself worthy. I guess that's the best way to put it. <laughs> and, and me and Chip started fishing together. And then I ended up with the panhandle with him and Mark. And I've, I've tried to fish with Mark for many years. And, it, you know, I, I put in the work. And I think those guys realized that I was putting in the work. And, you know, getting out there, catching fish, talking to people and not being afraid to talk to people about it. And I think that's what um, kind of gave me the opportunity to become better with fishing with them too because even fishing with them you still constantly learn more things so yeah. I mean, there's there, there's always more to learn when it comes to fishing it even when you think you know it all there's something more yeah man it, it's it's amazing how many people are like i know everything like wow all right well if you know everything why don't you just go ahead and teach me then because you know that that's what we do prime example that those chip with the mortician rig with, oh, with the man. snoots, I never knew anything about that, and I was like, "Oh man, it's no different than a, a, a high-low rig, pompano rig." And Chip took me out one day, and he goes, "Just try it." And I had some of the best fishing I ever had. <laughs> I and I was like, "This is absurd." I hate it when he says that to me. Just try it. I'm like, oh, I know it's gonna work now. It's like right. a guarantee. And then, <laughs> and then he came out with the glass. Then he got those glass beads. I've always been a bead guy and a float guy on my rigs, but I never did the hook thing. And he was like, man, Barry, you got to try these out. Let me know what you think. And here, he came in a couple different colors to try. Like, I'm putting the those those glass beads out with fish bites, no bait, and catching fish. Yeah. And it was like it was like a double whammy because I'm matching the hatch. I'm matching what's on, the, you know, whatever the fish are foraging for on the beach right there. And I got a scent trail with the fish bite. I'll say, this is, this is crazy. Why do I need to buy bait when I could just buy glass beads from Chip and, and fish bites? I don't need nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Again, but you constantly keep learning and taking things. And I, I watch a lot of videos, YouTube videos, because um, people might do something different that might work better for you, especially in the, depending on the area you're in. So that's why I, I con I'm constantly doing research. Also, because I just, I want to be better. I just, I always want to be better. And I always want to outfish Chip. It never really works in my favor, yeah. but I always do. Yeah, no. <laughs> we all try when we fish with them. It's like, yeah. At least this is yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, okay. All right. Got to keep into this because I'll get myself. All right. What has been your most wild, also known as the WTF catch? I got two, man. Two, two really one was a i knew what i was targeting but i didn't expect to get it we were fishing brigantine beach up in new jersey with clams and we were i'm talking those big jersey surf clams 
and I threw it out there in my eight ounce circle hook with eight with eight, eight ounce frog song. And uh, my reel starts, line starts screaming off the reel, rods bent over, man. And I ended up pulling in an 80 pound, well, we're guessing anywhere between 80 and 90 pound black trump. Holy crap, dude. Yeah, on the beach, man. And fish of a lifetime, I'll never be able to top that, I don't think. Um, but that, that is my, my, that's my trophy. I, I, I was, I mean, and she swam off. She swam off strong. I got my pictures released her she swam off strong i couldn't have been happier man and then no sooner five minutes later i threw another bait out and caught a 30 pounder so <laughs> i was like man that you know and i that was when i just started getting into it and was starting to go out on my own like i wasn't with dan i wasn't with any of my buddies up there i went out on my own and i was like i'm going to do this on my own i want to catch fish on my own to prove these guys that i didn't need them <laughs> you know i had yeah. to <laughs> hey i could do this without you um but then about two years ago, I was fishing Crescent Beach, and, man, I caught a triple tail off the beach, and I, I was blown away. It was just short of slot, but triple tail off the beach, I don't hear it happen very often in our area, and I was just stoked. Got my pictures. I'm over here gloating, sending pictures to all my buddies, and they're like, cool, dude, you caught a triple tail. And I'm like, Dude, it's a triple tail off the beach, though. They're like, oh, you caught that off the beach. And I'm like, yeah. Were you near structure? I said, no, man. There, there's no rocks, no nothing around me. That's just beach. And uh, that was one of those, man, I put everything I had into that cast. And I said, man, that it was a slow day. It was a slow day. But I caught that triple tail, man, changed the whole day. Yeah, I can that, That's probably my biggest. That That's probably my biggest what the hell. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. that that's up there. That that's for sure up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to get out there with Justin Reed though and get, get some of those snapper off the beach. That's my next goal. Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes. You, you'll have to come, ha uh, come have some fun there. That that's that's an interesting one we can definitely talk about. Just not yeah. on the show because yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Nope, I'm that that nope, secret. Nope, we'll be, we'll talk about that for hours. <laughs> yes. What do you want a customer to know before they book or come out and fish with you? Well. I, Always the first things first is, and as you know, when we go out to go fishing, we're going out there to catch fish, but it's never guaranteed. Um, right. And, and, and that's, that's a tough thing to sell to anybody. The boat guys, the kayak guys, they have the same thing. We got, we'll, but we all have holes and st spots that we know are going to hold fish no matter what. So I always try to tell people up front, like, what are you trying to, I ask questions. What are you trying to target? Are you looking to bring home dinner? Are you looking to home just to go catch fish? Like I try to get as many details out of them as I can before I book a charter because I want to try to meet all their needs. So if you want to go out and catch cool full of whiting, all right, well, I know where we can go and catch cool full of whiting. If you want to go out and target pompano, well, listen, it's July. There's not many pompano in our beaches right now. That's not what's going to happen. You know, so I try to be informative with them and I try to give them a little bit of research for themselves to do before we book because I just want to make sure we're on the same page before we get out there because you never want to get out there and they're looking to catch you know bull reds off the beach and in, in the heat of the summer and we don't I mean there there's some floating by but they're not it's not as common right now yeah so I, I just try to get them to do as much research on their end or on what they're what they're looking to get out of the charter. Are they looking to learn to catch, how to catch fish, how to read the beach, 
you know, it's just there's a lot. I guess there's different angles to each charter, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense, man. What comes with a charter with you? So I supply rods, reels, um, cooler, all-terminal tackle, um, ice. I usually bring a, a case of water with us because, as you know, we're in Florida beaches. It's hot. All, all bait, fish bites. I usually try to bring anything that you could think of that you would need for a good day of fishing is usually in my cart. Um, spare rods because you never know if you get – on a good run of fish, you pop one off and you lose your your rig. You got another rod ready to go. So I always have spare rods ready to go. And again, the gauntlet of bait, that's always huge. Always a huge thing for me. Wow. Loving it, man. Sounds like a fun day. That's all I know. But I'll bring my gear. Hey, man. <laughs> I, hey, I'm waiting for it, Brian, whenever you're ready. I know, man. I need to come back. <sighs> what areas do you service? I'll service, I, I kind of stop off at Ponte Vedra and, and go as far down as Flagler, Palm Coast area. Um, mostly I try to cover St. Augustine Crescent beaches because we got a couple guides down further down south and a couple guys that are further up north. So, you know, if, if that's, if they're out of my area that I'm, I'm trying to service and it's not, I don't know that area as well. I'm going to suggest somebody else that knows that area better because I'd rather <clears throat> put a charter or put people on fish and spend money on somebody that's going to put them on fish that knows that area better than me. Ooh, <laughs> hey, no, no one seek improvement, right? I, I, I try to be as honest as I can. Yeah. It says a lot about you though, man. That's, that's the good stuff right there. Sometimes it's, I'm told sometimes it's to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> I accept said fault. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I've turned down a few charters because conditions weren't just right. You know, they just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be good fishing. And I knew that. And I mean, sure. I, I can take you out there and take your money and go catch catfish. And you, you can have a miserable time fishing in 20 mile per hour wind with, five, six foot waves. And, but I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'd rather not do that. Save your money. I'm going to tell you to go talk to an inshore captain or somebody that's going to be able to put you on some better fish. I'm not one to, I'm, I'm not doing it for the money. I mean, obviously money's great. We all love money, but I want to provide a great service. So that way, if you come back to this area, you want to go with me again and continue to learn. And people are going to love it. So I know that I've heard nothing but great things. So, there you go. All right. Here, coming up in the end here, man. Almost done. What do you wish uh -huh. a new angler would do before ever putting a line in the water in your area? Research. Hands down research. Um, learning what you're looking at in the water, reading the water. Um, knowing what the fish are foraging, what they're, what match the hatch, what they're eating. You know, if, if you're going out there, know what you're fishing for. If you're going out there just to catch fish, then that's fine too. But if you're going out there and you know you want to target a fish, do research on that fish. Know what they're eating. Know when they're running. Know, know, be, try to have as much information on that prior to going out there as you can because then it gives you a better opportunity at being successful. Dude, the, the homework thing I think is 
it, you know, I know we all do it. And I know a lot of people have talked about like, well, like I did all the work. I, I did it with, trust me, it, just that little bit of research. Pay off. Exactly. It, you can do it for tons of time, but sometimes it's just not going to get you what you want. But just doing it in general yep. is going to pay off huge. Just that 10 yeah, minutes yeah. is going to pay off. Yep. And then, you know, sometimes it just takes going out there and doing it. You know, that, yeah. that, a lot of, and if you got good people on the beach around you that are willing to teach you, they're going to come down and tweak you. They're going to come down and show you different ways to do things to be productive. I mean, you, you've had that instances where people come up and talk to you and, at Canaveral. I've had it here. I, I, I'm not going to tell you, yeah, I'm doing this and not try to help you out. I mean, I give out rigs all the time. I've give, given out lead to help people hold. Um, I did it out there with you guys, you know, when when nobody was holding bottom without the sinker guy sinkers. Hey, man, I, they're in the truck, man. Let me go grab you a couple. I want you to catch fish. Here you yeah. go. You know, it's just, it, I, again, it comes down to I want people to be productive. I want people to catch fish. It, there's nothing like it. I mean, you, you cannot beat that experience of reeling out a fish. No, not at all. What gear would you recommend for a new angler to pick up? So obviously that all comes down to budget. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, there are so many rods and reels out there in the industry right now that are awesome. If you're just getting out and you just, if you're just trying to figure out if you want to be in this sport and be a part of it, I mean, you could pick up a pen, a pen setup from Academy or any of those to get you started. But, I mean, if you're really thinking you're going to be into it, I'd spend a little bit more money. Go get yourself one of those fish bites, um, 12-foot rods. I mean, they're they're perfect starting rod. You put an Akuma 6000 on that thing, it's light enough. You could throw plugs on it. You could throw a high-low rig. You could still catch nice fish with it. Um, at higher end, I'm going to say the over-the-bar, man. Over-the-bar rod with... For me, the Altegra CI Force. Oh, I, you had I, to I bring her up. Sponsors. I had to, man. I love that reel. Um, they're light. They cast forever. That 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 that's my bread and butter. That's ninety percent of what I throw is those, the OTV and the Altegra CI Force. But I I, I got to say I've been putting the the Akuma six thousand that Rockaway six thousand reel to work, man, and that thing's. The thing's reeled in some really nice fish, too, and you can't beat the price price margin on those. No, it's a good, definitely a good setup for that money but that money line. Yeah, like I said, that, that Fish Bites Akuma Rockaway that they got and that Akuma Rockaway Real 6000 series put it pretty much can put you on the zones you need to be fishing until you're ready to step up until a 13-foot rod that's got a little more stiffness to it and you get the casting down and that, you know, it's a good way to start out. Yep. But always keep your, I always keep all my rods and reels. I, I, I'm, I don't know how you are with that. I think we talked about that not too long ago. I have boxes and boxes of reels. I keep all my reels, my boxes for my reels. I have rods that I've had since I started fishing. I have a tsunami airwave that I've had for over 20 years. <laughs> nice. I, I, it, but I won't get rid of it. That's the one I call that black drum one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, man, how do you get rid of that? It's so much nostalgia there. But <laughs> even with those short rods, if you get a 10-foot pen or an 8-foot pen and you're just starting to get surf fishing on those battles or whatever you get, keep that because that could be your in tight line. That could be your front bar line or the front trough line that you can put right in there. And I know you're a big fan of putting those those short short rods right in that as well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it, why not? Especially if you only got a couple rods that you're able to set up, have an advantage of having another one. So it's a good. That's a good way to build, and build your uh, arsenal for when you're getting out there. I think. That dude, that's solid. Solid call. Are you testing yeah. any new equipment right now? Right now, I've been running. I, when you and uh, Schmitty did your podcast, I picked up some of that True Braid. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, man, I, I, when I say I picked up some, I mean I picked up a lot. You picked up a lot. I, I re-spooled everything and been using that True Braid, man, and I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It comes off the real smooth. Everything about it, it's just clean. It's just, I, I, I really like it. And I've always been a suffix 832 guy, and I went from suffix 832 to that, and I don't have any intentions going back, especially for the price point. Yeah. The price point on that is phenomenal. Um, the only other thing, really, that I've, I've got going out right now that I've been trying is I've been working with DS uh, Custom Tackle out of Delaware, putting together a rig. Uh, we're calling it the BS rig. Um, and, man, I, I think I sent you a picture of that thing, the one with the gold floats. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's pretty. Yeah, man. It looks just like a sand flea with eggs. And I know there's a couple other people that have had, are starting to put them out too, but um, I just, me and them worked really hard on putting this together and, you know, to our specs for Florida because we throw long, high-low rigs. Yep. Up north, you're throwing, you know, an 18-inch high-low rig. Down here, we're throwing two, three feet. Yeah, easily. You know, kind of where you're fishing, and and so we spec'd it out to down here, with the the long line for the high-low rigs, and I've been running those a lot more, and they've been really productive. So I'm kind of excited to see when they come into production to see how they they pan out. I think they're gonna be great, dude. Uh, when you sent me that yeah. text, I was like, yeah, that's gonna fly yeah. off the shelf. Yeah, those, they're, they're going to be pompano killers for sure. <laughs> All right. Last question for you. Yeah, buddy. What's next for BS Fishing Charters and Barry? Man, that's a tough question, Brian, because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, man, it's just we're just going to keep grinding. You know, we just want to keep helping people um, and getting helping people catch fish and learning. And that, that's really all, like I said in the beginning, that's all I ever wanted to do. I want to do with this is just teach and, and help and with the community that's been developed and the support that I have around me with other people in the community it's it's getting much easier to be able to do that with people um, Janung's Adam and Janine over at Janung's Fish Camp have been huge they've been one of my original supporters they've always pushed me to to, to go above and beyond I do help them out with kids stuff over there. Kids can fish out of Georgia. I've done stuff with them because, again, I just want to teach, especially the younger generation. So as long as I can keep doing that, that that's my my end game. It's just to continue to keep on teaching this generation, this next generation of fishermen, to be better fishermen and etiquette. Okay, they got to have the etiquette. That's a huge, huge thing to take away from that from fishing when they learn with me. We talk a lot about that. <laughs> oh, we can have a whole conversation on etiquette. Yeah, and most most people don't know it. I mean, and a lot of it, I think, is ignorance on a lot of people's behalf because, well, they don't think we belong there. Ah, uh, yes, but belong. But yeah, but there, yeah, exactly. There's that whole law thing in that statue. 
that says, yeah, we do belong there. You're interfering with us. But I don't ever try to push that issue. But I, I want the generation to know that, man, you have every right to be out there and fish. And as long as you are respectful, if someone's disrespectful, just show them respect anyway. There's no need to, to fight with anybody about fishing because guess what? There's thousands of miles of beach we can fish. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm going to find somewhere. Yep. Bless your heart in the most southern way. Good day, sir. I said good day, sir. <laughs> thanks, thanks, sir. Have, have a good one. You yeah. see that over there? There's a whole other stretch of beach for you this one, Matt. See ya. Yeah. Well, actually, that's perfect timing. On to the end of the episode, and we actually get a bait check out of the deal. That's like a super bonus win. So hopefully that means you just nailed your biggest fish, your PB, your PR. I'm hoping you got it. The final bait check is brought to you by True Braid. How funny that we actually talked about that. It's actually quite well full circle. <laughs> True Braid, go over to TrueBraid.com. Take a look at the line, the SX-8 Braid. Absolutely love this stuff. I do fish with it, as you can hear. Barry fishes with it. It has really become a surprise line. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with Alex. We will have a podcast episode uh, here in the near future. And it's smooth. The color maintains. It's strong. Uh, if you don't believe me, there is plenty of things on YouTube where you can see it. Uh, if you uh, Salt Squatch pulled in some sharks not too long ago. Uh, Smitty Surf Fishing, he's brought in plenty of big sharks and some other big fish that you'll have to go check his stuff out at. But, yeah, that line, great line. TrueBraid.com, take a look at that, get your order in. You won't be uh, you won't be sorry, promise you. Well, hell, man, that's it. I, I, I got, you, you made it through. Hey, man, it was a good time, <laughs> brother. I'm glad, I'm glad I got the chance to do it. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, I'm a little slow on my uptake. It's like, all right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And it's like every time I want to record 15, 20 episodes, and I remember if I record this episode now, it's not going to air for three months. It's going to be stale and sad. Mm, we got to fix yeah, this. Yeah, you're a busy guy, man. you got a lot going on just like the rest of the world. Oh, that's a sad truth. Anyway. <laughs> we watch Mallory fishing all the time, I can tell you that. Yeah, you're right. Well, seriously, Barry, <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, giving me this time. You know, you dumped a ton of knowledge and great information out there, and I know it's going to help many people. I have no doubt. I appreciate the opportunity to be on, Brian. If anybody's got any questions, don't ever hesitate to ask. I'm always here um, to answer questions if the best I can and be able to support you guys in your fishing, too, and hopefully get you guys on fish. And don't forget to put on there where people can reach you. Uh, that's going to be uh, BS Fishing Charters on Facebook and soon to come to Instagram. Nice. There you go. All right, brother. We will be talking again soon. Take care of yourself. All right. You too, Brian. Thanks. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Barry Kronberger from BS Fishing Charters out of the St. Augustine area really has that area dialed in, and he is just a great person. If you didn't hear that through the whole interview, you missed out. Really great information dropped in, and I hope it helped you. If it did, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, or just follow the page. Love you have a follow. Get know when you get the episodes dropped. Take a look at all the fun stuff that's going to be coming. There will be more fun things coming in the near future with uh, social media presences and things like that. It's all in work. I'm only a one-man wrecking ball. Can only go so fast, people. I'm trying. But I appreciate you. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you're doing well. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I'm out.